You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham the true colors. something in your beverage same way I remember it it made you romantic it made me do what you wanted was it all bad beloved no it wasn't all bad then you remember our shared moonlight some of it the best parts Talia what do you want Welcome, citizens of Gotham, to the Eternal Night, a podcast dedicated to the world's greatest detective, the Dark Knight of the DC Universe, Batman. I am one of your hosts. My name is Philip Barker. As you are all aware, if you all want to follow me on social media, feel free to just at Unfiltered. That's U-N-P-H-I-L-T-E-R-E-D-D-D. That's across Twitter, Vero, Instagram, and I think Facebook. I'm not sure about that. Uh, you can also listen to this show, uh, Eternal Night, on Spotify iTunes, Apple Podcasts, as well as Google Podcasts, and there's one more Stitcher and Podbean. There we go. Um, alongside my heroic co-host, as always, uh, Mr. Craig Blaylock. Craig, my dude, how you doing? Doing good. Taking, a, like we were just saying, 24 hours is a good time to kind of recuperate and just gather your thoughts and be prepared to what we're going to be discussing here. Well, you know... It's funny because we went from being like a two-week, bi-weekly podcast, like a, mm. you know, almost weekly podcast. Now we're kind of back on a, like a monthly kind of release basis because, you know, we're, we're adults. We have things going on in our lives. We're busy. You're a father. I work 40 hours a week. I'm doing other things on the side at the foreigners and, you know, just kind of being a lazy POS at home too when I should be kind of getting my ass into gear, but I'm still <laughs> kind of getting my ass into gear. I don't know. Maybe I'm just making excuses for myself, but no. I, I feel like whenever we 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 
push ourselves, we we get into the cave and we come and chat. And I feel like this was, you know, you said yesterday, we, we I know what we're recording about. We've been trying to figure out what we were going to record about. I'm sure we talked about it in the last mm-hmm. episode. We always spitball ideas of episodes that we are going to do or could do. I should really make a better note of those. So that way I keep, I guess I keep forgetting half of them half the time. But, excuse me, as Craig mentioned, there was some pretty big advancements over the last 48 hours, because uh, anyone who's in this sphere of fandom, and where if you have like a aficionado for superheroes, or you're in you're into that kind of things, like Craig and I are, and you're just a Batman fan, whatever, you're just in this sphere of, you know, fandom, I guess, I don't know, probably be the best word to say it, hell if I know, anyway... Uh, you'd know that James Gunn is the new head of DC Studios, the new co-head of DC Studios, pardon me, with along, along with his producing partner, Peter Safran. And as of, oh, see, they did this. As of this recording, they released their slate two days ago to the press, and it was made known to us yesterday as of this recording. And Craig and I were talking about how you know, we were just kind of anticipating ballpark for me, honestly. I, I thought no more than five, maybe six projects. I think, Craig, you said like what, three or four? I was thinking at the most, maybe the three movies after Aquaman and then, oh, hey, by the way, we've got two shows we're working on. That right? seems That's... applicable, right? Like you would yeah. think that that seems, you know, it's not too too far down the line, but it's also not, you know a lot that that you know you really need to worry about immediately no no he saffron and, and gun came out swinging like they've got a part of a chapter one that they they've revealed and this chapter has been called uh gods and monsters which funny enough there is a animated movie by the same name just awesome movie by the way that's um, exact that's when he announced that that was the very first thing that popped in my head was that animated movie because it's a great title mm-hmm. and you know Given his work and tenure at Marvel Studios working under Kevin Feige, that's actually, I'm not trying to make the comparison, but hey, you know, when when has Marvel not used a comic book title or, you know, something to that effect in in, in slew of, of naming their project, right? Like they, they've had uh, Age of Ultron, uh, The Winter Soldier, we've had, um, you know, Infinity War, right? Like there's also... Um, I'm thinking of uh, 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 I almost said I don't think multiverse maybe multiverse madness is I don't know but um, maybe is new is new world order no I don't know about that don't hold me to that I don't know if the new Captain America movie is taken from any one particular comic or not but it's it's also not like you know DC's privy to it either right mm-hmm. like like um, Justice League Shazam Aquaman lost kingdom you know like there i'm sure there's probably a comic title titled the lost kingdom somewhere i'm sure yeah <laughs> maybe maybe not if someone's gonna correct me on that by all means eternal night pod at gmail.com or hit us up at twitter t-e-k-a underscore podcast but uh yeah that's that's you know i mean hell for the longest time you know the flash movie was called flashpoint then it became the flash then it was just flash it was now it's the flash again it's weird stuff Weird, weird stuff. But no, like, you know, he, 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 phew, 10 projects, right? And, and the first one up 
And it's weird because, you know, his plan is is, is going to, like, you know, have this interwoven feel between animation, television, and live-action film, as well as video games, apparently. But I don't know exactly how the video game's going to work, depending on what kind of video game you want to make. But, you know, that's that's yet to be seen because there was no video game project announced. Um, but in order, their plan to appear... Again, you know, the Hollywood Reporter also makes it very, very abundantly clear. Plans may yet shift... But here is the initial slate of projects for Chapter 1 in order their plan to appear. The first one out the gate is Creature Commandos. Uh, and, you know, Craig and I are just going to kind of go over this, but we'll get to the meat of it, the Batman stuff of it, after we just kind of give our thoughts on the slate itself. Yeah. But uh, Creature Commandos, seven-episode animated series written by Gunn that is already in production. Originally a team of classic monsters assembled to fight Nazis. This is a modern take on the concept. The voice actors have yet to be cast, but the executives are looking to find people who can voice the animated characters and also portray live-action versions when the antiheroes show up in movies and series. I find that's a very interesting idea to have such a goal set that like okay we're going to do this animated series but we're going to make sure that the people who are voicing the characters also fit the live action interpretations of them i i really like that idea yeah i think it's an interesting idea especially if you're trying to really you know play with that interconnectivity um i mean you know a lot of people kind of expected marvel to do that with uh what if and multiverse of madness but i i truly think that 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 connection can only get stronger the further they go into their phase five and six uh truthfully honestly i think what you you, you'd probably see more what if stuff pop up and let's say something like a kang dynasty or secret wars yeah but as far as the creature commandos go i think that's i think it's smart to just kind of branch out as much as possible as quickly as possible because he's doing you know animated show then regular live action show than a movie right like that that's Mm -hmm. that's the gist of the way it's kind of going a little bit yeah yeah anyway um yeah the the, i i know of the one character actually no i've seen a few of these characters this is probably the one project i'm least familiar with in terms of dc characters i know the one on the end drooling i i want to say is weasel and I want to say the gentleman on the left is, I would imagine, Rick Flagg Sr. Outside of that, that's Frankenstein in the center. I don't know who any of the other four are. This is, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the Hollywood Reporter article that they have up here for titled DC Slate Unfailed, uh, New Batman, Supergirl Movies, a Green Lantern TV show, and more from James Gunn and Peter Safran. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's interesting that he started the announcements with this. Um, definitely something that probably I would guess, unless you're, you know, really hardcore into comics, I think a majority of people were like, huh? Yeah. What? I, I, I think that's the gist of it. Yeah. It, a lot of people are probably looking at that going, okay. Um, just the look of it i don't know if the the, the final animated pro- animated product is going to look anything like the concept art they have here for creature commandos maybe maybe not i don't know um they did say it's going to be like a modernized take on the concept too so but whether or not they fight nazis is yet to be seen i mean peacemaker you, you dealt with crazy lunatic white supremacists so yeah i, I could see that being a you know feasible thing um 
like just kind of giving like looking at this art and the concept of it and everything that I'm just getting this vibe of like like this is going to be almost like an inglorious bastards kind of situation where I think if they are fighting Nazis it's going to be in this very almost like tongue in cheek look I mean just look look at that expression on Weasel <laughs> right and you know honestly looking at it now I'm thinking like someone either of them Saffron or Gun they looked at Amazon Prime Video and they looked at Invincible and they were Invincible. like they yep. were like let's do that mm-hmm. let's do our own version of Invincible to yep. some extent right like let's do something like that and I mean I look feel... at look at the look at um you know the character on the far left I mean exactly yes come on <laughs> right 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 and look at the dude on fire in Frankenstein I mean mm-hmm. Frankenstein I I remember yeah. Frankenstein from Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade that's what I remember Frankenstein from. And, you know, Weasels from the Suicide Squad. And yeah. <laughs> if that gentleman, I, I want to say somewhere, it was confirmed somewhere else in another article, because there's a shit ton. Like, there's one, there's some from The Hollywood Reporter. Like, Hollywood Reporter has, like, two. Variety has, like, three different r- reports regarding everything. Like, the situation with Ezra Miller. There's, like, you know, the, 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 exit of henry cavill from the role of superman like there's a ton of articles regarding this whole slate and what's to come and what's happening now and just so much out there and if i decide to link all this in the show notes y'all better thank me (laughs) just kidding you don't have to we do this for fun i'm trying to read about these characters like we got dr phosphorus and he's apparently a batman villain yep i've heard of him uh, I've read about it. You know, it's been a while. I want to say I've read a, a few books with Phosphorus pops up. I just don't remember where exactly. Okay, so here we go. Main cast, Rick Flagg Sr., yep. Nina Mazursky, Dr. F- Phosphorus. I'm guessing Nina, that must be the girl there, the kind of almost like Bride of Frankenstein looking one. Maybe. Uh, Eric Frankenstein, yep. G- G.I. Robot, and Weasel. Yep. Gunn also confirmed that the lead character will be the Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, interesting. Okay. You know what? I could also definitely see, given on this concept art, I could absolutely see James Gunn bringing over Palm Clementif or Zoe Saldana for that if they oh, really yeah. wanted to. Yeah. I could see that happening. Um, yeah, oh, and even you know, it says here on the um, article that I found with the character names on Collider, it says mm-hmm. Creature Commandos will kick off with Amanda Waller creating a Black Ops team formed by monstrous creatures. Okay. So Pause. Waller will be involved. Pause. <laughs> How many Black Ops teams does Amanda Waller need to make in the <laughs> she, DC universe? Because, <laughs> you know, there's been the Suicide Squad. There's been the Suicide Squad. There's been the Justice Society of America. Now we're on to the Creature Commandos. Wait a minute. Hold on. Peacemaker Season 1 ends with Amanda Waller's whole project getting out mm-hmm. into the United States. So it's just like, you know, I can't use a Suicide Squad. Screw it. I'm going to go with the Creature Commandos. <laughs> Dude, Amanda Waller is quickly becoming the... the DCU's Nick Fury. That's and, exactly what I was thinking. She's going to be. I think she's going. To, you're going to see her sprinkled through everything. I think in this new DCU. Right. And 
Gunn also did mention in that I don't I shared the video with you and Terrence in the group chat. So there's also a five and a half minute. Actually, it's almost a six minute video online. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. I'm sure of James Gunn laying out his plan mm-hmm. in, in verbal form like he lays out his whole slate in order in which they are set to appear and talks about each project he also mentions that all this stuff is taking place after the flash and in the same video he does in fact confirm that you know we have shazam and then the flash happens and then the flash allegedly reboots the timeline yeah there it is folks there's there it is every and 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 it's not a hard reboot yet it's a soft reboot in the sense of they don't know if Wonder Woman's coming back. They don't know if Gal Gadot's going to come back after we see her in Flash and Shazam because that's been all but confirmed at this point. Matter of fact, the the Funko Pops for the Flash movie leaked and yeah. Wonder Woman was part of it. So yeah. she, it's been long. It's been no secret that she's in that. And it was actually confirmed today that she might be in Shazam. I'm not going to confirm, confirm or deny, deny that because we hmm. don't do that here. Because uh, there has just been some footage going around from a... I, from a i i don't want to miss misspeak here but it, it was um from a, tr- a foreign trailer that's the best way i could see it the the, the picture the frame the picture the, pfft, wow the screenshot that i saw was from a foreign trailer and it showed um allegedly gauntlets doing the boosh and it was for shazam so yeah that's hmm. uh, uh, starting to look like she might be in that movie too anyway uh, going back to Amanda Waller, that is the next project on the list. So to me, it sounds like Creature Commandos and Waller are coming next year. That's kind of what I'm thinking, too. And, you know, to go into Waller, it is a spinoff of a spinoff, funny enough, mm-hmm. uh, from Peacemaker. Viola Davis will return as the ruthless and morally ambiguous head of a government task force. It is being written by... Crystal Henry from Watchmen and Jeremy Carver, creator of Doom Patrol. Now, I love Doom Patrol. I love Watchmen. I have absolutely zero issue with this show whatsoever. I love Amanda Waller. I am here for this. And, you know, the more I think about it, and it's and it's it's funny because it's it's the one thing you don't really want to think about because it happened with the X-Men franchise over at Fox. You know, they kind of had to play reset a little bit and cast new actors, but then they got some of their old actors back for a new movie, blah, 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 blah. But now we're just at the point now where dc's like you know he guns doing the thing that everyone was afraid of and i'm by everyone i mean there's a lot of hardcore fans on twitter who are just vehemently pissed at the fact that henry cavill's not superman yeah and i can understand that i'm still a little butthurt by that yep same. actually take the little bit out of that <laughs> I, I am i am butthurt by that i am whole butthole a whole butthole butthurt about that <laughs> That, that Henry Cavill does not get to come back and play as Superman, but the door is open for Zachary Levi, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa as well. Not that yeah. I don't want them to return, right? But it's like... It would have been a little bit of an easier break if you just yep. did everything. But at the same time, it's like, from a, from a business perspective, right? Like, Aquaman is a billion-dollar character. The Flash is testing exquisitely well... And these next four movies that come out this year being Shazam, Flash, Blue Beetle, and Aquaman, they all have potential to make a lot of money. And the fact that James Gunn came in when he did and gave notes on all of these movies so that they would interconnect and be welcomed into his new era of DC storytelling, I gotta hand it to him. That's that's bold, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, it's like, you know, if you're not gonna use Superman that we all know and has been established for... 13 years you're gonna to want to make your own and i respect that 
even if well, it makes me feel butthurt. When I think it's interesting, um, one of the articles that, and one of the things that came out of all of this was um, in an interview, Gunn said that he kind of confirmed that Cavill was not fired. He just was not hired for the role. Um, there was apparently no contract in place. They didn't have anything like set up. So right. I guess he just made the decision that like, hey, you you just don't fit into my plan for Superman. So it's like it's it's just a really crappy turn of events, unfortunately, for Cavill, you know, for him to right. drop out of Witcher and, you know, because he has this prospected idea of I'm going back to Superman only for this major change to happen at DC. And then Gunn goes, yeah, sorry, you're that wasn't part of my plan. And, you know, the shitty part is, is like he was used by the studio to a lesser extent, seven bucks productions, you know, the rocks camp. Right. And, and, yeah. you know, it, it, you could, there were talks that there was a power struggle between seven bucks and gun and saffron vying for control of DC in regards to who was going to get it. Um, and it's, it's kind of interesting to think like, could the future of DC really have been that dependent on the return for black Adam? Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't buy no. that one. I don't buy that no. one bit, right? Because the other films that they had are already shot and in the can. Yeah. The other films that they are planning, like Matt Reeves' Batman and the Joker 2 sequel from Todd Phillips, which we will talk about, mm-hmm. like they are planned, right? Yeah. Like you don't just up and like up up and what they're doing and i'm not saying that seven bucks was going to do that but they definitely had you the the point is is you can tell that seven bucks productions and camp like rock and his people like they had an idea of what they wanted to do with this universe of characters that Zack snyder had established by using henry cavill superman like yep. they they had a clear idea they you know they were trying to do the thing that Walter Hamada and Camp didn't do when they were in charge like they were like look if you're not going to use him we're going to use him and you know it, it, as much as i do not like the way that that is worded it is still the truth because you know when when people read that the immediate gut reaction is oh no bullshit henry cavill had been signed since 2013 it's like mm, no, uh, no, contracts like contracts don't work that way no yeah. i'm sorry um but the thing is, is like his contract was fi- could have been filled out with one more film that's why he didn't do shazam uh he did black adam as a handshake favor and then when black adam didn't do its thing well David yep. Zaslav was like, James Gunn, here are the keys, have fun. Yep. Which, and then James Gunn, wanting to do his own Superman movie, I'm just like, it's it's really like a tale of two cities. I'm just like, on one hand, you, I, I respect the fact that you want the creative integrity and freedom to tell your own story with your own Superman and this new timeline. I get that. But on the other hand, it's like, Henry Cavill's my Superman. Yep. And that's the part that stings the most. That's, that's the part that really just just shits the bed all over. Like, it's... Well, and I, it also doesn't help the fact that, and I think we brought this up in the episode where we found out about Cavill not being part of this. He was quoted as saying multiple times that he wasn't interested in doing a Superman story. And mm. now to kind of flip the script and go, oh, yeah, no, I'm very passionate about Superman and I've been writing a Superman story. It's like, mm-hmm, okay. Well, what happened? What changed? I think if I have a criticism of any of this, it's that he's handling 
three of these projects. Yeah. So he's got Creature Commandos, he's got Superman, and there's one... The Authority? Yeah. You could probably also maybe throw Booster Gold in there, too. We'll get down to Booster Gold. Anyway, (laughs) I think that's kind of my issue with this, is just... And I wouldn't even maybe call it an issue. I would even maybe call it just more of a minor criticism. Is like he's the new head of the studio, right? Like he is the creative head of the studio, and Saffron, for for lack of a better phrase here, is the business end of that, right? Mm-hmm. And he and it's funny because Saffron sounds in in the, in the way it's worded is that like uh you know the previous two titles waller and and creature commandos are aperitifs and i had actually looked this up i'd never heard of what an aperitif is it's basically an appetizer in saffron's words superman is the true kickoff to the duo's dcu plans not an origin story focuses on superman balance we went through that anyway the movie featuring the man of steel gun has been writing may direct though no commitments on that have been made i read somewhere else that he was quite poker faced when saffron was making the the nudge that he wanted james gunn to direct this movie and i'm like i don't know what it is but i feel like he doesn't want to do superman and he i think he's even said he doesn't want to direct superman yeah but they never that doesn't negate the fact that he wouldn't write a movie for superman i mean he did produce brightburn for crying out loud oh that is true i forgot about that so i think a lot of people are worried that he's gonna write superman and it's gonna have like a himbo hunky you know like humorous vibe to it in the vein of guardians in the vein of suicide squad and I think that could be present in a world Daily Planet setting and like a heat of the moment action setting. Overall, I don't know. Um, I think I, I do think that there is potential there for him to have a very caring relationship with the Kents, given how he handled, you know, Peter Quill and his paternal issues. Well, and I think I think the only reason why I don't think it's going to quite lean into that that Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, yuck type stuff is, like we said, where the, the quote that Saffron said, you know, he's the embodiment of truth, justice in the American way. But then he immediately follows it up with he is kindness in a world that thinks that kindness is old fashioned. Yeah. So it just kind of gives me this vibe. This is going to be. I'm just getting the vibe. This is going to be a very hopeful film this is going to be superman trying to bring hope to probably a planet that is in some bad situations i think that's possible i've seen a lot of people say that this is going to be a superman 78 in 2025 which that's kind of you know just with that title superman legacy there's yeah there's something i like as soon as i hear that title i hear the 78 superman theme same yeah i don't know i if i'm being brutally honest this is probably the least the thing i am least anticipating and it's it's just it has everything to do with gun as a writer and i have no qualms with him as like a creative as a person or anything like that i mean obviously you know he was in some pretty hot water over some really disgusting tweets and I don't condone any of that whatsoever. I think I've seen some of them and I continue to see some of them because people continue to bring it up on Twitter as like some kind of gotcha, like, oh, this guy's heading DC films. Oh my God. (laughs) It's like, well, those tweets are like, you know, 10, 12 years old. That doesn't make them, you know, 
any worse or any better. That doesn't make it any better. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's like, you know, he's done the things necessary to, to, you know, atone for that ugliness and people still want to shame him for it. And, you know, they're gonna, that's yeah. the, that's really the unfortunate truth is, is they're gonna, but the thing, the thing that people tend to forget is this isn't necessarily another Disney situation. David Zaslav isn't just going to fire him because people are bringing this shit up on Twitter. I mean, the, the fire James Gunn campaign is ridiculous. I'm being brutally honest. I think that is like a really stupid hashtag that I've seen so far, but like as far as him writing a movie, like I, it it's really hit or miss for me. Like I really love guardians of the galaxy. The first one, even though the ending of it is a little kind of, a little too goofy for me mm-hmm. uh, i'm not a fan of the second one that much the suicide squad is without question my least favorite dc film so him writing a superman movie i'm just not there i need to see what it looks like before i can really give a, a definitive feeling on it but at this but at, at what i'm hearing i'm just like you know i'm already content with the superman movie that i have i'll see it i just don't know how i'm gonna feel about it because everything i'm being told is just not in my rapport of what i feel is is you know present with the character of superman like truthfully this is probably going to be really really bitchy but you know the the it's 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 that outdated line like i he's the embodiment of truth justice the american way the american way is just such an outdated thing and his mantra was just changed like a few years like within the last three to five years tom taylor did it i think in 2021 truth justice and a better world like mm-hmm. what it's right there my goodness anyway enough bitching about superman this is the batman podcast <laughs> moving right along uh lanterns and the, this one i'm gonna be very curious to see if this one actually happens yeah this this one the way he was describing it i was like this hmm space cops with power rings is the kind of thing that's that's stuck yeah very much in the vein of true detective and i'm like interesting yeah i guess that's one thing the slate has working in its favor is like everything feels very different Mm -hmm. everything doesn't feel of the same flavor but at the same time we have yet to see if there is some kind of you know palette consistency like the mcu has with this but at the same time, like given the fact that Viola Davis is coming back as Amanda Waller, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see that happening because that that's really been one of the strengths of the DC side of films as far as like, you know, that whole pissing match between the two is you really get the sense that a lot of the movies that have been made have been very individual in a lot of ways. Yeah. Whereas the MCU does feel very chain and very interconnected in, in a very similar way. The DC films feel connected but they also feel very what's the right word here not standalone yeah but very centralized i suppose would be a good way of saying it i don't know they have they really just each one just kind of has their own flair their own directorial flair depending on who's helming the the picture and uh i think the same exact thing is is present here with this slate which i think is a strength you know, a, a continued strength of that studio's mantra is like, you know, let let the, you know, your director-driven studio. I think I feel like the same should apply here. Yeah, but uh, th- it's funny to me that this 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 now lantern show is being reworked from Greg Berlanti's long. It, 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 
poor Greg Berlanti. He's been screwed out of Green Lantern twice now. <laughs> I know. That's so bad. Like, first, he gets, you know, screwed on the movie, right, with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. That him and his, his Arrow partner, Guggenheim, wrote with um, uh, Kevin Michael Green. I, I don't remember who was the other writing partner on, on that movie. But uh, then they do Arrow, and they get their whole Arrowverse. And then they don't even bother doing Green Lantern because they think <laughs> they're getting a Green Lantern show on HBO yeah. Max. And then they kind of hint at it with Diggle in the Arrowverse. But then that doesn't really go anywhere either. And then they finally get their HBO Max stuff kind of rolling a little bit. They cast a couple guys. And then finally, you know, things are starting to roll. And then DC gets well, Warner Brothers gets bought by it. Warner Brothers gets merged with Discovery, and they're like, "Nope, everything's changing." <laughs> and Greg Berlanti's like, "Fine, fine, I'll just go do Riverdale and other <laughs> stuff for the CW. I'm done with DC." I I don't know that for sure. I can't. I can't I'm not going to speak on behalf of Greg Berlanti, but I, it it's it's just really unfortunate that the dude has just been screwed out of Green Lantern twice now. <laughs> He's like, I just wanted to do a Green Lantern story. With Hal Jordan, and you still didn't get to. And that's the interesting part, the fact that they mentioned that this um, Lantern show is going to have Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart in it. Which I'm cool with. You know, yeah. I like I like Jon Stewart. Jon Stewart's my favorite. I'm not that much of a Hal Jordan guy. I've always been a, more of a Jon Stewart guy, but if he's in this, cool. I'm, I'm fine with it. And the quote from Saffron where he says, this plays a really big role in leading into the main story we are telling across film and TV. So it sounds like Lanterns is really going to kind of be the the starting point, at least of the main story of what they're going to try to be telling with this first chapter. I also read somewhere, or maybe it was Gunn. It might have been in Gunn's video. He mentions that Superman Legacy leads directly into the authority. Now, yes. there yeah. are a lot, there are a lot of a lot of people that I've seen who are just like, oh, who's the authority, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know who this team is. I have little familiarity with this because of a book written by, wait for it, Grant Morrison, <laughs> uh, Superman and the Authority. It's a four-issue miniseries that came out right around uh, Future State. It was uh, sometime in 2021, maybe 2020. Yeah, 2021 was when this series came out, and it's Superman and the rest of these Wildstorm characters. Um, and what I remember reading about this story and who these care and the majority of these characters, there's like Midnighter Apollo, um, in the book that I read, you know, there was also steel, a new version of steel, uh, it was, uh, uh, John Henry Iron's daughter, whose name is escaping me right now. And also Enchantress was part of this team too. Um, but largely, you know, they're, they're pulling for, I don't remember who created the, the, uh, authority but it's it's wild sort of garth ennis i think was part of it and, and another another artist but a movie based on a team of superheroes with rather extreme methods of protecting the planet that first originated in the late 90s under an influential imprint known as wildstorm run by artist now head of dc publishing jim lee one of the things the dcu is not it's just a story of heroes and villains said james gunn not every film and tv show is going to be about good guy versus bad guy giant things from the sky come and good guy wins there are white hats black hats gray hands added saffron they are kind of like jack nicholson and a few good men they know that you want them on the wall or at least they believe that Hmm. basically the authority is like some of the most powerful characters uh 
in the DCU and they kind of act like not necessarily an Illuminati but more of like a Supreme Court Uh, so they're judge, jury, and executioner essentially, yeah and I just remembered the other character that was part of the team when I read it in Superman Authority and I don't know if it'll be present there but considering James Gunn has an affinity for Grant Morrison I'd be very interested to see his lineup of the authority because the book that I read that Janine and Grant Morrison did um, the other character that they had that absolutely fits that bill of judge, jury, and executioner Manchester Black Hmm. Very prominent Superman antagonist who's super powerful, but is just super no Fs to give. <laughs> Think of like a Cockney English version of Black Adam, but thinner and has like a <laughs> he he's such an asshole. Even John Constantine doesn't want to be around him. That's Manchester. Oh, that, Black. That's saying something right there. Yeah. yeah. Manchester Black is like a dick in DC Comics. So here's the interesting thing, you, you know, like you said, the gun said that Superman legacy directly leads into the authority. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at this uh, story summary since you mentioned Superman and the authority. The thing to keep in mind with that is that also that story also has slight ties to Kingdom Come, too. So it's not quite the same. Ah, OK, um, it's a little out of continuity, but in continuity. Yeah, because it says here, as the main story of Superman and the Authority unfolds, we see that Superman has aged and his power levels are a little lower than what is normally associated with the character. Um, After fighting off an alien threat, Superman finds his powers fading, even as a larger cosmic menace looms. After finding himself on the outs with the Justice League, Superman needs to put a team together, which is where the Authority comes in. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay, so after the Authority... I'm actually, so, okay, so if Waller is, if Creature Commandos and Waller is 2024, Superman Uh Legacy is July 11th, 2025, Lanterns and Authority very well could be 2025. And maybe like tail end 2025. I think Lanterns could come before Superman Legacy, but it could also very well debut after Superman Legacy. Now, the Authority... I could guess again, you know, that, that, that considering it's going to come after Superman Legacy, it's got to be late 2025, if not sometime in 2026. Yeah. Going down the list. Now, this is interesting because there's been talks of a, a Wonder Woman spinoff show for quite some time, and it looks like it's finally happening. Um, and it's going to happen on HBO Max. It's called Paradise Lost. Uh, Saffron and Gunn described this HBO Max series, Game of Thrones-style drama set on the female island that is Wonder Woman's birthplace, Themyscira, filled with political intrigue, scheming between power players. It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. Cool. Hmm. I didn't know about that part. It takes place before the events of the Wonder Woman films. Well, mm. it, it's it, to me, it, again, that's just kind of ringing more closely towards the, the, the soft reboot where they're yeah. keeping some continuity and kind of retooling continuity for other characters going forward, i.e. Batman and Superman. Yep. Which <laughs> they would have, uh, you know, I've already beaten this horse enough, but, you know, they would have been here by now if they would have just let Snyder do his thing. But, yep. you know, could have been there and gone farther i'll say this 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 actually seems more promising than a michael keaton led batman universe yes 
1000% agree on that. That's that's <laughs> kind of where my head's at. And you know, they did talk about Batgirl's cancellation and how it was actually a a bold if not good decision for it. I was like, "Damn, that's harsh." Yeah, I did see that. It's funny now they're coming out and saying all these like kind of just, you know, brutal things about the Batgirl movie where mm-hmm. originally remember I remember the episode where we talked about that and I remember specifically, I forget who was quoted as saying it, but they were basically saying, like, we didn't cancel it because it was bad. We we just canceled it. You know, it was, it was a financial thing. Now they're turning around going, oh, yeah, this thing would have been a disaster. And it's like, oh, It would have been wait, bad wait, for wait. DC. It's like, wow. Yeah. Holy shit. And then they were like, oh, you know, there were really there were people working behind the camera. There were people working in front of the camera. You know, they were working really hard. But this movie would have been bad for DC. It's just like, wow, what a backhanded way to being like, hey, good yeah. job. Your stuff still sucked. It's yeah. Like, Damn, that's not nice. <laughs> and again, I think like we said in that episode where we talked about it after with that kind of turnaround, who what? ever was involved in that film, they're not going to want to work with DC again. Okay. They're not going to want to work with Warner Brothers again. I would be genuinely surprised if Adilo Arby and Bilal Filat, like worked with James Gunn in the future. I would genuinely be surprised. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to skip the next two. Yeah. Because yeah. They're, they're, they're very pertaining to what we want to talk about. Moving right yep. along, we've got Booster Gold, another HBO Max series based on a unique lesser-known hero created in 1986. Uh, Saffron said of the series, it's about a loser from the future who uses basic future technology to come back to today and pretend to be a superhero. <laughs> Gunn described it as imposter syndrome as a superhero. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's I mean, def- look. That's definitely sounding like the most comedic out of all of them so far. I think humorously it's it could take cues from Peacemaker. Yep, that's kind of the vibe I was getting to. But at the same time, I also think that it's that Booster Gold's just one of those characters that's been long overdue for his own mm-hmm. solo anything, right? Like I, 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 I think this is a good thing, but I'm very curious to see what just how funny and comedic this is. Did they say is this one animated or live action? Uh it's gonna be a, a live action series. Okay. And then next up is a Supergirl film, uh, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, taking its cues from the recent Tom King written miniseries. Movie promises a different take than what most of think when they think Superman's cousin comes to mind. See the difference between Superman, who was sent to Earth and raised by loving parents from the time he was an infant, versus Supergirl raised on a rock, a chip off of Krypton, who watches everyone around her die, be killed in terrible ways for the first 14 years of her life, and then come to Earth. She is much more hardcore and not the Supergirl we're used to. So I'm I'm reading this, and I'm like, yeah, this ain't Sasha Kaye. Mm-mm, no. This doesn't sound like Sasha Kaye's Supergirl at all. Mm-mm. If Sasha Kaye reprised the role for this, I'd be surprised, but I kind of, I really feel like it's... It ain't going to happen. <laughs> this is going to be a very jaded Supergirl. This is going to be a Supergirl who is fed up with probably most everything in her life. And, you know, if they really just want to keep it true to that comic, I mean, no disrespect to Sasha Kaye at all, but I feel like they're they're going to cast someone who's blonde. Oh, yeah. That's, that's again, you know, assuming that they, they recast the role from Sasha Kaye to begin with, I don't know, um, but I'm... You know, I like Tom King as a writer. I think his Mr. Miracle stuff is good. His Batman Catwoman run is his miniseries, maxi series, whatever the hell it's called. It's it's good. Uh his Batman run is questionable. Very questionable. And a good <laughs> kind of questionable, but just 
questionable. Like the, the first book just didn't grab me all that much. But his cat Batman Catwoman stuff's fine. Really like that stuff. Um I I heard a lot of good things about Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow. I haven't read it personally, so I don't really have strong feelings about that one way or the other. Um but it's interesting to me that a lot of this slate is is almost reminiscent of Minus Creature Commandos and Waller. Like it, it's it's almost reminiscent of DC in the 70s and the 80s yeah because like the last thing on this chapter one is swamp thing there was a swamp thing movie in the 80s and it's even been it was came out today in the hollywood reporter that that james mangold is in talks to to helm this beast and i'm like i am very interested if that ends up being the case let him yeah let him let him i loved logan i liked the wolverine but i loved logan logan was great Yep. And he's doing Indiana 5, Dial of Destiny. Mm-hmm. Shit. He wants to do Swamp Thing? Let him have Swamp Thing. James Mangold yep. knows exactly what he's doing behind a camera. Yeah, having someone like him with a character like Swamp Thing? Yes, please. And it, and, and when I say he knows what he's doing behind the camera, I, I'm just really speaking to my own personal preference of just how someone just directs and composes a shot. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, he's just with logan everything he did with that character like the the character work that he does with logan and i'm excited to see what he does with indiana jones Uh he's very he's he's one of those directors that just has this knack of taking old creaky men and and making them like go on journeys right but yeah i'm 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 here for it like dial of destiny i i will probably see like I, i i like mangold as a director i think he's awesome So, yeah, that, 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 and it's funny because, like, I was talking to, I think it was in our group chat, right? Like, it, it was like, you've got a Wonder Woman TV show, you've got Superman and Batman in separate movies, and then you've got, you know, uh, Supergirl and Swamp Thing. That, 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 that's literally DC from the 70s, 80s up yep. into the 90s like yep. you know because wonder woman was on tv superman 78 batman 89 right and then yep. supergirl and the swamp thing right like that, that, that that's i i don't know if that's intentional it's just something i, I, I noticed i feel like it's intentional because i mean be i, I grew up i remember watching the swamp thing movies when i was a kid they 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 ring some bells i haven't seen them in a long time maybe maybe i should dig them up on hbo max Oh, but Craig, we missed two on this list. Yeah, there's two that uh, we kind of skipped over because we knew that uh, there's going to be a lot more to talk about with these ones. Because they are about our favorite pointy-eared night rat. Oh, man. This, okay. First of all, we have a date for the Batman sequel, which is now titled The Batman Part 2. Um, and actually, you know, I'm going to send you a picture. I might have even sent it in the group chat. I don't know. But uh, James Gunn shared a pretty interesting picture on uh, on his Instagram today. Oh, did he? Oh, he did. I don't know if it's fan art. I don't know if it's official or anything like that. But Let's see here. if you look down at, at, his, at his Elseworlds, at the Elseworlds portion, there's a logo there for the Batman Part 2. Oh, and it's blue. It's blue. 
Again, hmm. you know, I, I, I don't know if he shared this as anything meant to be official. I don't know if it's fan art. I don't know if it's anything. It could be something, could be nothing. But if it's blue, hmm. let's kick some ice. Yep. The Iceman cometh. Right. October 3rd, 2025. Now, I hope this sticks. I think they're going to... And you know what's even funnier is like... Well, it's not funny, but like the movie would have made more had COVID protocols not hiked its budget up. Yeah. It would have been more profitable now that we're kind mm-hmm. of not quite past, well, we're nearly past it. But now that we've gotten down things pat and these are kind of worked into budgets, I'd also have to imagine Reeves probably got more for the sequel. We'll see. I don't know. But he made it on like a hundred and hundred and fifty million dollars before COVID hiked it up to two hundred million. If 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 he can make another banger, which I have all faith in the world that he's gonna Batman yeah. Part Two is gonna be awesome. But also comes out the same year as Superman Legacy. Yeah, and Saffron was even quoted as saying twenty twenty five is gonna be a very big year for DC, Superman and Batman within the same year. Yep. And also, I believe that is the same year as one of the Avengers movies. I want to say Kang Dynasty. Double check. Uh, Yep, May 2nd, 2025, Kang Dynasty. Damn, that's funny. An Avengers movie, a Batman movie, and a Superman movie all in the same year. Hmm. All they need now is a Spider-Man movie, and that'll be perfect. <laughs> I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see another Spider-Man movie. No, uh, I think we'll see one at some point here. Well, I mean, they had one after Civil War, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's how they worked him in for Homecoming, and then they had him after Endgame, Far From Home, right? So yeah. it really wouldn't surprise me to see another Spider-Man movie somewhere alongside another Avengers movie. It just really kind of depends on, you know, scheduling and whatnot. But I, you know what? Going back to the Batman, I was thinking about this is like if they have a date for it, that means he's pretty confident with where his script is. And if he's getting confident with where his script is, that means by the end of this year going into next year, he's probably going to start shooting the movie. That's what I was thinking, too. I mean, especially since, given the state of Gotham City left at the end of the first film, he's probably going to want to do it during some some wet weather, mm-hmm. so that things look more flooded. I don't know. Um, God, who would be Mister Freeze? Oh boy, I'm this, not even. I'm the, not even. The gonna... gears are turning in my head. Nope. Uh, <laughs> it, it, and that's another thing, right? Like, if his script is coming to fruition, that means they're going to be sending it out. Yep. Uh, you know, this is obviously not going to happen, but could you imagine if they brought Arnold back? Oh, God, no. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> it's, I, never I, gonna, it's never okay. going to happen, but just the idea of Arnold as Freeze again. Not as Freeze, trouble. but I could I could definitely see him coming back in, like, a legacy casting kind of role. Like, yeah. Not one of the big-name new gods, not, like, Darkseid or anything like that, <laughs> but I could definitely see him being, like, Calabac or orion maybe i don't know he's a little too old for orion (laughs) um oh 
there was one I had it and I, j I just lost it. F who is it? Damn it, damn it, damn it. Oh, damn. Hold on. I gotta bleep myself out. 49 minutes. <laughs> oh, darn it. I dropped an F bomb. Thanks, Arnold. They could pull a, uh, a Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy and have Arnold be the voice of Swamp Thing. Oh, yeah. Or even, like, you know, um, another big entity, like Anti-Monitor or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But as far as uh, the Batman 2, I'm, I'm, I'm actually really happy that that's coming in 2025 because that means yeah. the Penguin show wouldn't then yep. arrive in 2024, which leads directly into that. Interesting. But, you know, that's not the only Batman movie that's oh, happening. Oh, it is not. It is not. Yeah. Um, this was, honestly, okay. When when it was when he, when it was known that Gunn was going to be releasing a slate, I didn't at all think that, Same. that, that <laughs> Batman was going to be an immediate priority. I thought, you know, they're just going to let Matt Reeves do his thing, and, you know, once that's done, maybe they might integrate Batman somewhere down the line. No, I... I was wrong. I am glad I yes. was wrong. I'm and this so, was this Batman so... movie that they are talking about is not this took this was probably the most surprising thing to me same. from his whole announcement. Like oh, this was the announcement when he said this. I'm like, I had kind of did a double take. I'm like, Excuse me, you we're doing what now? Um, um, um. I'm at a loss for words, right? Yeah. The Brave and the Bold. Quote from James Gunn. This is the introduction of the DCU Batman, said Gunn, of Bruce Wayne and also introduces our favorite Robin, Damian Wayne, who Damian. is who is a little son of a bitch. The movie will take inspiration from the now classic Batman run written by Grant Morrison that introduces Batman to a son he never knew existed. A murderous tween raised by assassins. It's a very strange father and son story. Oh, so to me, and you know, there's, there's other quotes out there. This is also going to be the introduction of the bat family. And to me, I'm like, okay, so that pretty much all but confirms, at least to me, that the Batman saga that Matt Reeves is conduct is, is heading will not feature a Robin. Yeah. No. I, th I think his Batman's going to be solo. Yep. That's kind of as soon as yeah, I agree. As soon as he said that Damien was going to be in the Brave and the Bold, I'm like, okay, so the Batman he's on his own. Like I maybe he maybe he still continues to work with Catwoman, but I don't think we're not going to see a Robin. I don't think so. No, it just I would be surprised if he yeah. did if if Matt Reeves did his own version of Robin. I'm not even saying he's not allowed to, right? Like it's just. Mm -mm. Given the way that this has been presented, I just don't see that happening in that universe now, you know, because that was a, a, yep. a long topic of discussion of whether or not a Robin could work in the Batman universe. And now it's like, well, it doesn't matter because there's going to be a whole brand new Batman and a Robin and quotes. I don't remember where, but Saffron Gunn mentioned Bat family mm -hmm. long over do yes this is you know after batman versus superman dawn of justice i told myself there's only one other batman movie that could be made 
<laughs> that I would love to see. And that's one that would include a bat family, right? Mm-hmm. Like that. And, and, and me, gullible me, it's like, oh, well, as long as Warner Brothers is in charge, they're never going to commit to an idea like that because they're too chicken shit to commit to one idea <laughs> for a five-year time span. Well, so, what do you know? What do you know, right? <laughs> what, what, what are the odds? And, and, the, and this is just what I love because I love Grant Morrison. I think Grant Morrison is one of the best Batman writers ever. Ever. I mean, ever. He's one of my favorites. And I know this is pissing off quite a few people that I've <laughs> listened to prior because they don't like Grant Morrison. I'm just going like Cartman, like. <laughs> no, seriously. Like, Grant Morrison did genius things with Batman. I love Grant Morrison's run on Batman. I love Batman and Son, the, the, the book that he's. that James Gunn is specifically referencing. Um, mm-hmm. the, the book that was referenced for Son of Batman the movie. And look, if you're going to introduce Damian Wayne, then that immediately tells me Talia, mm-hmm. Rachel Ghoul, yep. the League of Assassins. It's happening. Like they they you can't do Damian and then not be like, uh, we don't know who no 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 bullshit. You have to <laughs> you 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 pulled this genie out of the bottle. It's out. No. You're doing Damian Wayne, that means you do Talia. <laughs> Which I think is also brilliant, because if Matt Reeves is going to do Bat-Cat, then I think it's actually pretty ingenious to have the DC Universe Batman be like, oh, okay, I'm with Talia. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I was with Talia. Now, here's my thing, since you were saying that, you know, with this, we have Damien, so we're probably going to have Talia and Raish. Mm-hmm. If we're talking, you know, what led to the inspiration of things like Son of Batman, do we get Deathstroke? That's the question, isn't it? Do we please, please get Deathstroke? <laughs> I'll do you one better. There, the I remember. I don't know if you ever, if if I ever sent you guys this, but there was a tweet a while back that James Gunn met with Ben Affleck recently to direct, to possibly direct a couple of projects, one of one of few a few projects. And I'm thinking to myself, like. You know, it'd be pretty freaking cool if Ben Affleck wound up directing The Brave and the Bold. Mm. Wow, I didn't even think of that. I would love that. Because especially after seeing Argo, the town, mm-hmm. live by night, his turn as Batman, yeah, that would be pretty freaking sweet. But, you know, time will tell. And Just... it, given the timeline... So let's 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 go back up here. So Creature Commandos Waller feel like 2024. Superman Legacy mm-hmm. is definitely 2025, along with the Batman Part Two, right? And Lanterns mm-hmm. and the Authority. I feel like Lanterns is probably going to be like fall of 2025 because it's coming out after Superman Legacy. Yeah. Right. Paradise Lost. I don't know where to fit that. Well, here's the here's the, here's the thing, right? Like, you don't have to worry about that making so much money back at a box office because it's not a movie it's an hbo max series yeah so they could feasibly drop it wherever they want honestly given the last of us success right now they could do an early january drop on it yeah if the last of us has proven anything i mean between the last of us game of thrones both house of the dragon and game of thrones Mm -hmm. proper yeah they could really do it anytime in the spring and it would be Spick span fine of early 2026. 
or mid 2026 i don't know maybe the tail end like april like game of thrones especially if like the authority is like late 2025 early 2026 but i don't know but if the authority and paradise lost are in 2026 could the brave and the bold also be 2026 or do they wait one year and have it be beginning of 2027 and like it's the starting point for that new year exactly to yeah. keep it that far away from the batman yeah because that that is true i do think they would want to space it out you know to give the batman part to you know it's time give it some breathe give everybody some breathing room and then come in with the brave and the bold well no not quite remember because last year we were supposed to get last year anyway the flash after the batman oh yeah that's right so it wouldn't surprise me i mean mm-hmm. at, at the very least i think these these two batman movies are going to be spaced at least one year apart <laughs> they, they, they have to be now that i'm thinking about it actually if you think about it we were supposed to get the batman flash and shazam true <laughs> along with black adam oh and black adam jesus christ i forgot about that too yeah it's a movie you like to watch but then you remember how much pain it brings you Mm-hmm. yep yeah yeah that's me and black adam um no as far as like the brave and the bold man okay if i get man bat ninja assassins in live mm. action i will <laughs> cry i will cry if i get that in live action i shit you not see i'm kind of the same way but i just i i want to see deathstroke live action on the big screen so in a fight it doesn't matter it could be batman or damien i don't care i was really thinking about this and like the more i think about it the more i feel like rachel ghoul could be the central antagonist of this film because he has his own family between Talia, Nissa, his son, whose name is spacing on me right now, but Rachel Gould has a family of his own. It wouldn't at all surprise me to see like, you know, Batman, Damien, Cassandra Kane. It wouldn't surprise mm-hmm. me to see like a Nightwing, yeah. maybe a maybe a Jason Todd. Shit, if they did Jason Todd, oh, Red Hood. Oh man, oh I'd I'd oh, oh, oh <laughs> dude. If they do That's... Red Hood and they also do Tim Drake as like Red Robin, I will just. I will cry. Mm-hmm. I will cry happy tears. Because that's the one that when, like you were saying earlier, you know, now that we know that, you know, Damien is going to be in this. So obviously there's probably not going to be a Robin in the Batman, that universe. But I could see a character like Red Hood fitting in the Batman universe. Hmm. How they would integrate that. Who would it be? That kind of thing. Who knows? but I could definitely see a character like Red Hood in the Batman. I feel like it'd be interesting if they had a twist of the Red Hood prior to Jason Todd version, like the, the dome Red Hood, mm-hmm. the yeah. Barry Keoghan's Joker. Like, what if that was a, a, a version of it now? No, well, that can't really work because Reeves has said he's like had a degenerative disease his entire life, so I guess that really wouldn't work. Or maybe, I don't know, maybe he has the Red Hood to hide, him, hide himself. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he could just use the hood to cover maybe. his face. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's also interesting to take into account 
like who are going to use what villains. Yes. Yeah. And to me, it feels like given that, you know, guns DC universe is filled with, you know, creature commandos and swamp thing and, uh, you know, booster gold, as well as Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, where she's in space fighting a bunch of stuff, and Lanterns, so there are going to be some, like, detectives in space as well. I really feel like this version of Batman is going to go up against things like Clayface. Yep, um, that's my like... thought, too. The things that we've talked about when we were talking about are what villains we'd like to see in the Batman. Right, The right. more, I think the more kind of out there villains, the more, like... I guess you would say, like, not quite as realistic villains, right. maybe. Right. Man Bat, Clayface. Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy, yep. There's a few. Oh, like Mr. Bloom, he's another more recent one. Um, Solomon Grundy. Solomon Grundy, that's right, yeah. Oh, I man, I would, I would love to see a live-action Solomon Grundy. Yeah, and it really also kind of depends on how much of an emphasis that that uh, you know, they take as far as the the brave and the bold Batman. I feel like that that's a good nickname for for this version of Batman, brave and the bold Batman. Because mm-hmm. you know, call it DCU <laughs> Batman, whatever. I don't care. B and B bats. B and B bats. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I famously on superhero stress, you know, I I dubbed Pattinson's Batman build a Batman. Because his, his, his Batman looks like it was built together, right? By kind of like Legos, you know. Triple B. Still looks like a badass suit, don't get me wrong. But yeah, no. When it comes to the Brave and the Bold Batman, I think, you know, you're going to see a lot of supernatural villains that you mm-hmm. would not normally see in something more grounded like the Batman. And I also think that if there's a not a large emphasis on Arkham Asylum, it's probably because Matt Reeves is utilizing it. Yeah. that That's my guess. Because Matt Reeves is doing a crime drama epic saga regarding his version of Batman. And um, it, it, it feels like they're going to tap into some very real world type of inspirations there, which, you know, the first film is very much that, but also very... It's almost a little fantastical in its own right, but it's it's very fun in, in, yeah. in a way that feels authentic to batman but again I think, you know i think the kind of villains that we would see in now that we kind of see this direction they're going i think in the future the batman movies like you said that blue kind of indicates mr freeze but i mean who knows you know scarecrow scarecrow i could see yeah. um i would kind of appreciate that because King Shark. That's probably one of the things I <laughs> King Shark. <laughs> I'm kidding. That's probably one of the things that um, for me, I just I I did not like the Scarecrow character in Nolan's films. Um, I I was not a fan. I, I the the actor uh, Tillian yeah, Murphy yeah, totally gr- fine. Yeah, did a great job as the Doc. Yes, for sure. But as Scarecrow, just did not gel with me whatsoever. There's one scene in Begins where it really feels like he's a, a, a solid scarecrow. It's where he's on the horse, he's got the rags on, he's got his mask yep. on. It's I it's I it's 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 Katie Holmes. Uh, yep. uh, 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 oh damn, what is the character's name? Uh, Rachel Dawes. Yeah. She looks up and goes, Crane. And he goes, No, scarecrow. And it's yep. it's it's like creepy. It's like the, the creepiest Nolan ever got with scarecrow. Yeah, and then he immediately just goes out like a freaking wuss getting yeah, tased. tased yeah 
I did like that he was sprinkled throughout the other two movies. I liked that, but it's just eh, the whole the character as a whole just did not work for me. I wanted oh sure yeah you know I wanted animated series Scarecrow. <laughs> I mean you know a lot of people definitely feel similarly about Bane to some extent mm-hmm. too. You know, um, a lot of people also probably feel shortchanged by that version of Two Face. Yeah, and truthfully, I think. I think a character like Two Face can appear in the Batman. I can see that world with Pattinson. I think that's matter of fact. I would be shocked if that. I, I'd be shocked if he wasn't in this sequel. Oh, I think he's going to with the way that mayor, the mayor gave that speech at the end, and how oh, dude. her whole approach is like I'm bringing in people who are going to inspire, who are going to bring hope to Gotham City. Well, right, and the you know the district attorney in the first yep. movie got his head blown up. So yep. yeah, it almost feels like Matt Reeves is like, yeah, I want to <laughs> do, I want to do a version of two face in the, in the sequel. There's an open position for the district attorney of Gotham city. And if you, oh, here's the thing, dude, you could, if, if, if the second movie is this, and I've been, I need to get back into it, but I, I started to crack into no man's land, right? Like Gotham city in total, absolute shambles. Okay. Mm-hmm. If, if Matt Reeves, the Batman is, you know, in shambles due to the flood, it's going to be really difficult for him to use his car. Number one. Mm-hmm. So he's going to have to find a new method of travel, i.e. probably a bat plane. There's going to be a completely different kind of power struggle. It's where we're going to see penguin, you know, yep. It's funny because they, they, they announced a while back that um, the Penguin show just got an additional casting for Sophia Falcone. She's going to be the one vying for power against Oswald Cobblepot. Uh, yeah. I love that. Oh, yeah. Her dad's uh, her dad's gone. Exactly. She needs to come in and handle family business. Right. And with Oswald Cobblepot on the rise, it's only mm-hmm. going to get it. We're only going to see dude become a much more refined version of the Penguin that we're more familiar with. And maybe that ensuing mob war, the district attorney gets wrapped up in it. Maybe he has a little incident. Well, also, Maroney's going to have to probably get let out because of yep. the, the big renewal project being yep. blown up, right? Like, you know, Falcone went down for it. So if that's the case, he pit, it's his fault Maroney was in prison. Yep. Once Maroney finds that out, he's going to get out. Who yep. is the family that scars Two-Face? Maroney. Yep. And, you know, that's that's all under the assumption that, you know, uh, Matt Reeves is well aware of that. I mean, he does love the Long Halloween. Long Halloween is where that happened. So, mm-hmm. you know, wouldn't that all surprise me if that was a that was a, a plot point for the sequel? Um, whether... oh, who's, who's the character that was kind of involved in the Long Halloween? The Joker. Kind of. I was just, I was getting to a little that more character. Of a little more of a side character I was in that, actually but still. Getting, I was actually getting <laughs> to that character because, like, you can't do Batman without the Joker. Mm-hmm. And considering the sequel has one or two scenes, depending on your perspective, with the Joker in it, mm-hmm. I'd have to wonder, will Gunn and co. maybe bring in a Joker of their own? Oh, in the Brave and the Bold? Not necessarily in that movie, but just... Or in, that... in the Brave and the Bold universe, the DCU universe. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Because again, you can't do Batman without a Joker. No. And I hmm. feel like 
if they were going to do a, a Joker at some point. I, the thing is with the Brave and the Bold Batman, I feel like with a lot of the villains that we're going to see in the Batman universe, Pattinson's Batman, I feel like we could get Easter eggs and verbal nods to, but we might not see most, if not any of them, that Matt Reeves has chosen to use. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So to me, I can already tell you right now, considering they're going with Damien, you can already say Talia al Ghul's a given, so that mm-hmm. automatically excludes Catwoman. Yep. Because she's probably going to have a part in the sequel, too, for the Batman. Um, you can almost guarantee the Brave and the Bold DCU Batman is probably going to have had been against a Riddler, but we won't see that Riddler. Yeah. The Penguin, same deal. I would I would almost guarantee the same thing. Um, the Joker's the only wild card for me because, again, I'm just going to continue to echo that sentiment of you can't have a Batman without a Joker. Yep. But other villains that aren't the the big ones, total up for grabs of whoever. You know, honestly, wouldn't surprise me if they if they had the same villain done two different ways that released a while apart from each other. Yeah, very true. Like... You know, because there was talks of Matt Reeves working out his own Batman universe with other villainous characters getting their own short films or sh- films and series, right? Like Clayface, Professor Pig, and Scarecrow were mentioned. Mm-hmm. So yep, I remember that. If that's the case, then logic would lead me to think that if Matt Reeves was to develop a Scarecrow film, would that potentially exclude Scarecrow from being used in The Brave and the Bold? Brave and the Bold, yeah. Or... Because we're operating on multiverse rules, does James Gunn just go, I don't give a F, use who you want? Yeah. I'm hoping it's the latter, not the former, because the former has been what's kept these DC characters from being as interconnectable as they could. But no, it's, it's exciting. And also... The fun thing, the fun things are gonna come again, and it's it's it feels like Batman Christmas all over again. Like when it Robert really does, Pat- like when Robert Pattinson got cast, when Jeffrey Wright got cast, when Zoe Kravitz got cast, when Paul Dano got cast. We get to do all that over again mm-hmm. with an entirely new Batman, with a new Robin, with a new cave, a new Batmobile, a brand new Alfred, and mm-hmm. you know what else? The whole freaking family. Yep. You know, I was actually not really looking forward to this slate, and then that happened, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. maybe there is something on this slate I can really look forward to. Yeah, like I said, I I was intrigued by just about everything they talked about, but when he made that announcement, I was, to what? I, I, I was caught off guard, because again, yeah. we theorized, and it even logic would lead you to think that, like, no, they wouldn't do two at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. Right. I, like, yeah. like especially introducing Robert Pattinson directly after Ben Affleck walked away, and now we're gonna do like the the retooling of what was once Ben Affleck's Batman. It's just like, wow, what a roller coaster of events, to say the least. But to me, as far as an actor for Batman goes, I feel like you need someone pushing. 40 if not in their early 40s see that's what i was wondering too because you know they say oh it's you know it's he's going to be taking care of damien so obviously it's going to be a little bit older batman exactly right and and you know when you mentioned damien wayne at that point like logic would just lead you to assume and they said bat family right so it's like Mm -hmm. 
if he's if he's at Damien, that means he's been through it with Dick. He's yep. been through it with Jason. He's been through it with Tim. If you really wanted to be a continuity snob, you could throw in Stephanie Brown. Mm. I don't know if that'll be the ca- I don't know if that'll be the case. Be cool if it was. If she comes up as spoiler, I'd genuinely be surprised. Yeah. But no, the fact that they're going with Damien and they said Bat Family just leads me to think the fi- the family's coming. Like at at the very least, I would I would I would imagine that Dick Grayson is going to show up too. I think so because he was the first, and the first Robin has always mentored the fall the the ones that followed. And then that would be, at least in my mind, that would be the fun surprise at the end. Would to be to have like a big family dinner ish type deal where not only does Bruce and do Bruce and Dick have their time to you know formally bond with Damien by the end of the movie. Now Damien gets introduced to his two other brothers. But mm. I don't know. I have the mind. I mean, my mind's just racing with all these ideas. And you know, this is the first time in a while, like you said. I mean, we're gonna have new everything yeah <laughs> it's, it's a whole new it it's literally is a dc rebirth <laughs> yeah yeah that's essentially what it is i guess you know of this whole batch obviously you know we're biased the batman stuff that's mm-hmm. what we live and breathe for for this stuff and you know tangentially by association dc is as a whole also kind of falls under that banner but first and foremost for me batman but I, I look at a lot of this stuff, and I appreciate the variety. I just need to see how it's all going to play out. Yep. Now, here's an interesting thing. I decided, since we're kind of mulling it around, I just Googled male actors in their 40s. Okay. Just to kind of get an idea, like, who could possibly be the brave and the bold Batman? When I search that on this list... And I'm just kind of looking at the faces. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be interesting, Tom Hardy? Oh, that would be interesting. Who was Bane, but comes in as Batman? Um, let's see. Oscar Isaac. Wouldn't mind that. There's some definitely some interesting ideas here. Michael think, Fassbender. Oh, that'd be mm, fun. That'd that be fun would one. be interesting. That I would be on. That might be the one that I'm like, okay, I would. That would catch my attention. Now, who do you cast as Damien? That's yeah, because they do say he's a tween. He exactly. I think he's going to be a little older than ten. A tween raised by assassins. Hmm. And that's exactly why I think that if you're again, you know, you're doing Damian Wayne, you can guarantee that Talia Al Ghul is not too far behind. Oh, no, for sure. I think we're going to see Talia. We're going to see Raish. I mean, I true again, I truthfully would not be at all shocked if if Raish Al Ghul was the villain of this Brave and the Bold film. I would not be. No. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it's been, you know, 
well over a decade since Rachel Ghoul's been used in a Batman movie. Mm-hmm. And especially this time, if 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 you're doing Rachel Ghoul, you're doing Damian Wayne. That to me, and you, you know, gods, monsters, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Lazarus Pit, like a legitimate Lazarus Pit in a Batman movie. Wow, right? Yeah. Okay, so here's also something else that I, I scrolled down for the, from the article. So the DCU writers' room that Gunn had assembled consisted of these friends and storytellers that he admired. Of them were. The Martian scribe Drew Goddard, Flash writer Christina Hodson, Moon Knight head writer Jeremy Slater, Watchmen writer Crystal Henry, and famed comic book scribe Tom King. King is one of big, one of the biggest DC writers of the past twelve years, key architect of its Batman line, and the writer of the Supergirl miniseries that will be the basis of the movie. So, Drew Goddard, that name should sound familiar. He did, um, I think, Cabin in the Woods yeah i think that is right i do remember that name yes he did cabin in the woods bad times at el royale he was supposed to do x-force and sinister six those were ones that were robbed from him unfortunately um christina hodson has made a bit of a name for herself she wrote birds of prey she wrote part of bumblebee and she had the most recent screenwriting credit on the flash uh jeremy slater also wrote quite a few drafts of the fantastic four movie from 2015 um and he also went on to head the moon knight writer's room so i like that um i again crystal henry from watchmen not a problem with that she's handling Mm -mm. waller so that's cool and then tom king you know i i like tom king a lot i just don't like his batman stuff that much (laughs) except batman cat but i think batman cat was brilliant i just think his batman run is just kind of good guy though Real friendly person to chat with on Twitter. Real nice guy. Not saying I hate his Batman run. It's just not my speed. I'm not that angry fanboy, Tom. I swear. (laughs) I swear, I swear. I mean, really, the only... So I'm still kind of thinking, like, in terms of who could be Damien. Right now, I I don't really, obviously, know a whole bunch of child actors... The the only thing that I can that pops up into my head that I can possibly think Finn Wolfhard. Mm-hmm. I could see him as Damien. Uh, you know, he's always uh, kind of played kind of smart ass characters. He's a little too old now. Oh, is he? Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. They're like they're doing the last season of Stranger Things. That yeah. kid is tall. There's yeah. no, there's no way. I'm sorry. Um. <sighs> shit i don't know i don't really have any ideas truthfully like i couldn't if everyone could just be an unknown too maybe it's just I'd... somebody that gun just goes hey look at this kid <laughs> i'd be totally fine with that yeah but yeah man i mean and he also made some very interesting comments in regards to the history of dc and past ownerships and things like that so the history of DC is pretty messed up, referring to turmoil and disconnectivity that has roiled and foiled Warner Brothers Pictures' plans with the comic book properties over the last dozen years. Filmmaker Zack Snyder's multi-movie universe sputtered halfway through. There was an attempt to course correct by Joss Whedon that maybe made things worse. There's no maybe. It did make things yeah. worse. Yeah. Uh, several changes in studio leadership and ownership. There's the Arrowverse. Uh, according a gun, no one was mining the mint. They were giving away IP like they were party favors at any creator who smiled at them. Um, 
Hey, just a quick reminder, James. This is the same company that lets you make the Suicide Squad, right? It's true. Right? I do All think right. he brings up I think he brings up a good point though. I really do think like as crazy as it has been these, you know, this past decade or so dealing with these DC movies, I do think like kind of the turning point in terms of things just going away off the hinges was obviously the split with Snyder and everything bringing weed in and all that. I think that was really the point where things just kind of got out of control and yeah. they just never managed to recover from there. I, I don't disagree at all. I think once justice league bombed, they, yeah, they screwed that pooch so hard. They, there was no going back after that. No, I mean, not quite. Cause I obviously Aquaman was like a billion dollar hit. Right. So, yeah. And the shitty part is, is like, it's a billion dollar hit, but it was also very closely tied to what Zack Snyder was doing with the DC universe. So, yeah, I don't know. I think it's at the end of the day, you know, Gunn and Saffron, they've got the keys to the kingdom now. They're going to do what they feel is necessary. Um, I'm based on what I've seen. uh, A lot of it is intrigue. Brave and the Bold has me very interested I'm not really feeling the Superman stuff, but, you know, I didn't exa- exactly expect to jive with everything that Gunn yeah. was going to do to begin with. So, you know, that, and that's not to say that that's not the same for me down the other side of the aisle, too. I mean, not everything Marvel Studios does is something that I adore or love. Like, we, we, we are on well authority of, on this show proving that fact. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm curious... Truly yeah. curious to see what happens with this slate. So the funny thing is, is like this is only like part one of chapter one. Yeah, like you said, this is this is chapter one. And actually, that was one thing that I wanted to bring up too is with everything that we have seen and everything that has gone through all this to call this first chapter "Gods and Monsters." The God part is the thing that kind of sticks out to me. It, do we see dark side at some point? That's tough. So Gunn was reading all-star Superman while writing Superman. I'm going to have to go back and read that or I could even just watch the movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I know I own the book, so I could just reread it because I, I'm just kind of fuzzy on those details. Um, I know that whoever did a pitch for Mike DeLuca and Pam Abdi, they had Brainiac in their script. I would imagine that that, I would hope that that would be the villain to the Mm. next Superman movie, but I don't know. We'll find out, I'm sure. But, yeah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm really just more excited for that Brave and the Bold Batman movie happening now, and then like yep. watching that film come together. I'm actually really curious to see who he does get to direct and write it, because again, you know, one of my criticisms of him as as a you know executive so far is like you know you've written you know two possibly three of these projects, and it's like I get that you 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 are creative, but at the same time, if you have these ideas, why not? share them with someone else and see if they can take it and run. 
Well, and especially, too, I mean, he did make it a point in that video. He talked about how he wants the creators to be in control. Right. So it's like, okay, well, then pass pass these ideas along. Let them create for you, and then you oversee everything. So to just kind of <laughs> kind of be an asshole and make that comparison, let me ask you this. When have you ever seen Kevin Feige's name on a screenplay credit? Mm. Yep. Can't say that, can you? Mm-mm. Exactly. Nope. Yeah. Yep. He may be in the editing room. Yep. And I'm not even knocking Kevin Feige as as like a executive. Yeah, yeah. The dude is CEO of Marvel Studios. He is Marvel Studios. But I'm just mm-hmm. saying, like, he knows his job, right? Yeah. Like he knows how to execute his job. And that and, and as far as my knowledge goes, I have never seen his name in a screenplay or writer's credit. I've seen it purely as executive, PGA, CEO, whatever. Like yep. that, that is all Kevin Feige's credits that I've ever seen. I've never once seen him get a writing credit. Now, again, you know, we're also talking about James Gunn, who comes from the world of directing and writing, so naturally it would feel, you know, in his blood to continue to do that while also operating DC Studios, which... Mm-hmm. Again, like, if you have the time, that dude's just got to have, like, almost no sleep because he's running a studio and writing projects for all this. It's just kind of, it feels like a lot. It feels like a lot, especially with the fact that he's written Superman and Creature Commandos and shelved Peacemaker Season 2, which to me, honestly, isn't that bad of an idea. I'm okay with that. So am I maybe on a more permanent level, but, mm. that's, but that's just me, mm. <laughs> Craig. Um, but again, like really like you, when you, when you're the head of something this massive, I don't necessarily think it's, it's wise to spread yourself too, too thin. Exactly. And I think Kevin Feige kind of understands that. Now I also don't want to speak on the behalf of anybody, but I, I've never met Kevin Feige. I don't know him personally, but I can only just imagine that he's read scripts and he's probably given feedback on them. As a matter of fact, he gave feedback on the Amazing Spider-Man 2 script. That was revealed during the Sony email leak in 2015. So hmm. he does get, he, he's given notes, but it's not like he's ever gotten a writer's credit on it. But No, actually, I looked up his IMDb, every single credit, producer. Yep. So for Gunn, you know, starting everything off, his way like legitimately his way it feels like what Zack Snyder should have been able to do yep that's 100% agree that's kind of where my head's at especially after BVS going into Justice League it should have been the opposite of what happened but yep hey cookie crumbles the way we, we don't expect it to you know but passes the past gotta look to the future now right the rebirth future and it's and i think about damian wayne being the robin in this and i'm like well if they're doing a younger superman that kind of almost negates doing jonathan kent superboy true so yeah i don't don't see that happening anytime soon so yeah be cool if it did though i don't just don't see it happening though but um yeah, I, I think that the 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 longer we go, the more we're going to find out things are going to start happening 
more than likely with the Superman movie and then the authority. I feel like there's going to be castings going underway for both of those soon. Matter of fact, I would almost guarantee you the new Superman will likely be cast by the end of the year. I think so. If not, if he, if, if he doesn't already have somebody in mind, exactly. Which anyone who's written a, a script, I mean, Todd Phillips had Joaquin Phoenix in mind. Matt Reeves had, you know, Robert Pattinson in mind. Mm-hmm. I'm sure James Gunn had somebody in mind for Superman. I think so. With with the way he dealt with Cavill. Yeah. That just to me says he's he's got his idea of what his Superman is going to be. He's got his idea of what his Superman is going to be. He's got his idea of what his Superman is going to look like. It's going to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even today, he threw up a Twitter poll of whether or not he wanted, whether or not people wanted trunks or no trunks on Superman. I was like, oh, here we go. Oh, really? Take a while to <laughs> guess at which one dominated the poll. Oh, boy. Yep. Uh, I'm going to guess trunks. Yep. Yep. A lot of people have a really weird fetish for how you're seeing That's... red underwear on the outside of a superhero costume. I, I don't get it. It's classic. It's mm. outdated. Way outdated. It was it was outdated in the 90s. Come on. And even then, it still managed to look cool in the 90s when it was outdated. Yeah. yeah. Then again, you know, not everybody can draw like Dan Jurgens or Neil Adams. So there's that. Oh, and in the 90s, you know, Superman had a mullet for a little while. True. 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 And even a black suit that didn't have a cape. With a beard. With a beard. <laughs> yeah. And a mullet. And he had a gun. This is true. This is <laughs> all still, true. I, I still remember that. He had a big-ass rifle. Craig is speaking big facts right now. Mm-hmm. This is all true. It's death of Superman. Before he got his, before he oh, got his powers back. Death, death and Return of Superman. I said correct. Yep. Sorry there. But yes. Um, that, 90s were an interesting time. Well, my friend, as much as I would love to continue spitballing <laughs> what, what this could be, uh, you and I have adult duties to perform in the morning in regards yep. to employment and responsibilities etc cetera, etc cetera. um but this has been fun as, as, as it always is my friend yes uh, any any final thoughts in regards to the slate in regards to the brave and the bold batman batman part two how you feeling um well after that image you sent me i'm even more intrigued by the batman part two um you know the mind just starts going like wow mr freeze possibly y- yes please um, but yeah, no, overall, like I said, there were a few things from all of these announcements that I was kind of like, okay, that's neat. Um, but man, that the brave and the bull thing just took me by surprise. And, you know, as you and I being, you know, the Batman guys, I'm just the, all the possibilities that are out there. I'm very, very excited to see what direction that goes. Likewise, I'm very curious to see how this first chat first part of this first chapter comes to fruition um yeah uh well more or less because of the batman mm-hmm. and the batman part two and brave and the bold batman i'm just i don't know i'm just i'm just giddy at the idea of of getting to you know see the castings for a batman a robin an alfred getting to see a new batmobile a new cave possibly like I, I really feel like given how different Matt Reeves version of Batman is and what's also been done in the past, I feel like Gunn, he's got an idea of what his Batman is going to look like in this universe too. Yeah. And I'm 
I'm actually going to kind of go ahead and make a prediction that his Batman's going to have the blue and gray suit with a yellow oval. I'd be, that would be interesting. It's either going to be that or it's going to be a, a much more modernized big bat on the chest, dark blue cowl gray mm-hmm. suit, something like that. I, th- I think he's going to do a, a bit of a more colorful version of Batman because Pattinson's Batman is all black, right? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously Ben Affleck's Batman was like, you know, black and gray like that 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 was that like it was black and gray so well i I mean look look at the image that you sent me i mean that image of batman the brave and the bold blue black blue on black oh that's true yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it wouldn't at all surprise me to see that yeah dude blue on black like yep. I, I can almost guarantee you he's going to have like a, a darker light blue color scheme. Yep. Hopefully. And I would actually hope that Damian Wayne's suit is, is stripped right from the book. Like I, I want to see Damian Wayne in all his hooded glory. I want to see yeah. that Robin. Yeah. I want to see. I, that. I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to see. Cause if you look at all the, like the times we've seen Damian and other like in animated and that kind of stuff, they always include the hood. True. True. True, true, true. Yeah. That's going to be a fun one. That's, that's easily without question. Like <laughs> my most anticipated project on that whole yep. slate is the Batman brave and the bold. And I actually really like that title too. Like I, I, I thought for the longest time that Warner brothers and DC could benefit from having a, a string of, of movies titled after, you know, world's finest, you know, subtitle Superman, Batman, or like world's finest, you know, like uh, wonder woman, Hawk girl, world's finest, or even brave and the bold flash slash green lantern, things mm-hmm. like that. Like you could, you could do an anthology ish type of, of film series with those titles and subtitles. But the fact that they're doing Batman, brave and the bold, and it's going to be freaking Batman and Robin, Yep. Another fun fact: if it comes out in 2027, that would be 30 years since you'd last seen Batman and Robin on the screen together. Oh boy! <laughs> because Batman and Robin, the first movie that Joel Schumacher directed—well, not the first, the second—but you get the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out July of 1997. So if the Batman: Brave and the Bold comes out in 2027, it would be a 30-year anniversary. Almost as old as the dinosaurs. <laughs> I see what you did there. Uh, what the, killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age. That's adorable. <laughs> well, I think we've yacked enough, my friend. Uh, are you are you back on Facebook now? I'm on Facebook. That's all I'm on for now. Uh, Facebook. Okay. I'm staying away from Twitter. That's just that's a dumpster fire. I just I don't need to be a part of right you know, now. I'm off Twitter less and less every day. Yeah, I'm more on Instagram than anything. Well, even I'm really not that social on social media as much as I used to be. I don't know. Yeah, but yeah, if anyone wants to follow moi, just unfiltered. Uh, again, U N P H I L T E R E D D D, three Ds. Uh, Twitter, Vero, Instagram, and yeah, if you want to follow along with this show, feel free to follow us. Uh, T E K, capital T E K underscore podcast on Twitter, Instagram, as well as Facebook. And feel free to drop us an email, eternalnightpod at gmail.com, and also feel free to rate and review our show on 
iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever podcast catcher or kicker you have. It would help us get the show notice. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, but I think that is where Craig and I are going to step out of the cave for this evening. I hope everyone has a great day or night. Stay safe, and as always, keep it classy in the cave. Everybody, have a good night or day. Take care. You didn't know about me. No. Some others made me your responsibility. Something like that. This isn't necessary. I do fine by myself. So do I. But things have changed. She thinks you'll be better off with me, for now. What do you think? Better than with the League of Assassins. They taught me how to fight. And I take it not much else. I'll drive. No. I know how. No. Thank you for listening to the Eternal Night Podcast. This podcast is not affiliated with Warner Brothers Discovery, DC Entertainment, or anything else related to WBD. Uh, all thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about. If you would like to follow along the show, you can follow along on Podbean or iTunes. Feel free to drop us an email at eternalnightpod at gmail.com. You can also follow us along on Twitter and Facebook. Just search for T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.